Warning. The podcast you are about to listen to will contain detailed plot spoilers. If you do not wish to have the movie ruined for you, I recommend turning the podcast off now. Also, the podcast will contain graphic and explicit language. If you don't think your ears can handle it, turn the podcast off and go change your tampon. You have been warned. Welcome to the Movie Pit Podcast, presented by RMJ Media. Welcome back to the Movie Pit. This is your host, Ryan, joined as always, Seth. Howdy, y'all. And once again this week, Roxy. Hey, guys. This week, we're going to be talking about 2003's 13. But before we do that, as always, go around what we've seen, what we want to see, what we don't want to see. Well, we didn't. We, we went and saw Megan. We did. And I loved it. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. Was it. A, like, like I said, my bar was so fucking low, they barely had to hop to clear that bar. Yeah. But it's definitely one I want to see again. Yeah, I definitely mentioned the same thing. It's I'm looking forward to see it again. I want to catch all the shit that I didn't really catch the first time, but I, I caught quite a bit. And yeah, because there was actually a lot of shit going on in that movie. Yeah, it was very like once it started going, it was a little like you just wanted this to happen. Like I had a lot of like yeah. anxiousness. I was like, let me see what this thing can do. Yeah, and I was pleased. Yeah, yeah, they did a great job with it. Um, the how, how whatever they used, like I know it's not a fucking robot. Like the director said, that's fucking. Yeah. Bullshit. Um, but it looks good. And it legitimately is kind of creepy. Dude, that thing is hands down hella creepy. Yeah. The moment that I saw it start doing it, I was like, yeah. Like, it was actually creepier than what they did with the Child's Play remake. Like, this actually kind of fit in for being a PG-13 horror movie. I, like I said, I wasn't disappointed in... That's that's the best compliment I can give it right now. Yeah. Until I love, I see it another time. And I love I love how they threw their their one and only fuck um, in it. That yeah, was, it was well used. Yeah. And, I, and I'm grateful for it. Oh yeah. So uh, what else you've been watching? Um, I watched uh, Legend, okay. which is uh, Tom Hardy playing two mm. characters. Okay. I've I've got a you know I've I've got a hard on for Hardy. I I think he's he's like one of my favorite actors. He's, I love him and everything he's in. He I just I think he's a badass. Um, and then, oh my God, just the two different, the brothers in that and they're fucking, um, it's, have you seen it? No. Oh my God. Uh, I can be, I can be on. I also still haven't seen the new Mad Max. That's fair. Yeah. I don't watch a lot with Tom Hardy. That's fair. Ever since fucking Batman Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That wasn't uh, my favorite at all. <laughs> and there's like this thing I think online about how he's got this thing for wearing shit on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. And I've been watching fucking South Park. Yeah, that's what you were saying. And I've been enjoying <laughs> and sharing it as much as possible. My sister uh, hadn't really seen it. And the episode where uh, Cartman feeds uh, that asshole little kid his, ki- his parents. 
And uh, she that's that was kind of her real first experience of South Park. And I'm very pleased it was that one because that's a <laughs> fucked up episode. I liked oh, what the hell is the one where uh, Mr. Marsh gives himself testicular cancer so he can get a medical marijuana card. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then everybody in town starts doing it. And bouncing around on their balls like <laughs> yeah. a hippity hop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fucking shows are target. I love it. So what have you been watching? Literally nothing new. Oh, really? Nothing yeah. the same old, same old? There ain't yeah. nothing wrong with that. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, any trailers that you saw that piqued interest of wanting to see? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like just, I said, like I don't see any ads for like any movies. Yeah. Well, I just got you those new DVDs, so I have to scope those out from hell. That's a good yeah. one. Um, there's that... <coughs> I think it was a Dahmer one or like a like a murder documentary. Serial killers or yeah. something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And it's like two DVDs, I think. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I know you really like the Dahmer shit that you watch. Oh yeah. How much how much Dahmer stuff have you seen? I mean, I watched all the Dahmer and then like my boyfriend wanted to watch the tapes, so I waited for him and then he never watched them with me, so I think. So you just, did you watch them anyway? No, so uh, I think it's just I need to watch them. Yeah. It's actually a pretty good doc. Yeah. It's good. It fills in a lot of the gaps that the movie show did uh, left out. Um, but like you and I spoke about it when I first finished it. They did an amazing job on yeah. that show. Yeah. What did, what did you take from them? It was very interesting. It's, it's disturbing as fuck. <laughs> I learned a lot, like, not a lot about serial killers and psychology, but we did a little cap on psychology, and yeah. Dahmer was definitely one of the main topics. Oh, yeah. So, and so was um Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. Like, we watched a whole movie on him, and that was very interesting. Yeah. So. Um, if you do watch those, the Dahmer tapes... There's you might get a kick out of it. Uh, Netflix also has conversation with uh, John Wayne Gacy yeah. and I believe Bundy. and Bud Bundy. Yeah, because I watched the movie whenever it came out. Okay, and I was like, okay, and then obviously I was like kind of young, so the tapes didn't interest me. Yeah, but yeah. See, I'm yeah, I'm sense. really into macabre shit like that. I was that kid that had fucking files in his desk of different information on serial killers, <laughs> the list of their killings, how they killed the people, the name of the fucking victims. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Alex, these little sister who is 10, has two, she has like two books about serial killers. <laughs> we bought her one yeah. and then she got one for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating so, as shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. To hear these in, insane, like, because like, yeah. we watch movies about it, and we watch movies about them, and then other shit's inspired by the, by these things that happened. Oh, yeah. Like, it's crazy. It's, and yeah, it's, it's a blast. I mean, I always watched Dateline with my mom growing <laughs> yeah. up, so. Right. It's kind of the same idea. <laughs> Little prime time. <laughs> oh, shit. I used to watch that. What was the show on HBO? Uh, Autopsy. I used to watch that all the fucking time. Mm. I don't think I saw autopsy. I, I was a morbid child. <laughs> <laughs> See, but you were like desensitized from it. So that way, like this stuff isn't really like, all right, you know, it's not gruesome. I've been desensitized for so fucking long. It's not even funny. Um, 
I did see a trailer again for that knock at the cabin. Uh, it's going to be another one, I think, in my opinion, when I have to put the bar so fucking low. Like, I'm going to put this bar under the ground because I hate M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Like, you and I have had this conversation. Like, Sixth Sense was, was good. The Visit was good. Split was good. Yeah. Everything else, in my opinion, is dog shit. <laughs> yeah. And I get that. You know what I mean? You're very specific with the shit that you dig. <laughs> well, my every single movie he tries doing a twist like he pulled off in The Sixth Sense. Yeah. You're never going to... Replicate you, it. Yeah, you're not going to catch lightning in a bottle twice. Well, you know what, though? Maybe you set your bar so fucking high... And then all this other shit's just been below it, and you're just like, I can't really enjoy it, except for those other two flicks that you mentioned, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, um, like, I think Signs was watchable. I enjoyed Signs. Lady in the I Water. I love Aliens. I like Signs. Yeah. It's Lady just, in the Water got on my nerves. I didn't see that one. The Village. It was intriguing at first. it was when he made The Happening. Mm-hmm. And I didn't happen to see that one. It's about killer plants. Oh, it's all right. Plants are making people Good. kill themselves. No, I think the earth needs to kill us. <laughs> Honestly, I think she's doing a, a damn good job. She's she's got infected by our fucking dumbasses. <laughs> and here we are doing this. And it doesn't help that that movie stars Mark, Mark Wahlberg in one mm. of the worst performances I think he's ever given. Oh, he's literally talking to plants the entire fucking movie. Oh, the plant whisperer. Well, you uh, you know the SNL skit that Andy Samberg did? Mark Wahlberg talks to animals. Mm, I don't think. Uh, see, I, I stopped watching SNL. There was like a, a real good black area, you know, gray area where I was like, I don't really want to watch it right now. Yeah. I wasn't pleased by some of the shit. And I was like, I'm not going to. No, don't blame me. Don't blame yeah. me. <laughs> I love SNL, though. I, I, I really do. Uh, but just not lately. I couldn't tell you a single main core cast member all right not since fucking shit i haven't really watched snl in five years yeah so anything else you wanting to see um interested in seeing looking forward to seeing or not wanting to see the only one that okay so i will agree with you i will add on to um the knock at the cabin um i think i'll keep the bar low but i i like (laughs) I like Batista. Oh, so do I. And he's I, actually a really good actor. I think I'm pretty into the idea or concept behind the film as well. I mean, depend oh, yeah, on yeah. how I portrayed it, because it's. And again, I, I'm retarded, so I, I don't. I have a hard time paying attention. But what I took from it was, essentially, there's this choice that has to be made, and it has to do with these these two same sex couple. And then there's a child involved and they just keep saying that a choice has to be made. And if, and if you don't make this choice, the end of the world is going to happen. And they were showing examples of like yeah. floods and shit. Like, okay, was that them just like trying to be like, this is what we're making them think that's going to happen? Or was it really fucking happening? Right. Cause it's M9. Yeah, so it's all, you never know, you know, uh huh. Um, what do they call it? Supernaturally. Yeah. But it definitely had the vibes of like a, Westboro Baptist Church type cult. Yeah, uh-huh. I saw that, that too. Homosexuality brings on the end of the world. That's <laughs> how I took it. It makes me laugh. I mean, like I said, the concept behind it. I, if that's exactly what it is, I'm like, hmm, that's that's a different take. I Yo, think on that shit right yeah. now. And it's like I said, it's a fun concept. Um, 
So I'm interested on on the idea behind. And I, like oh, I said, yeah. Batiste is a and like I said, like the, him as an actor. Hasn't been a bad performance. I've seen him. Yeah, that's fair. Like, did you watch the fuck Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? No. Check that out. Okay. It's on Plex. Okay, I saw the trailer for the new one and. His lines that I heard from it made me, made me laugh, you know? He wanted to kill people, and I'm content with that. It's pretty much uh, Drax and Mantis trying to cheer up... Uh, fuck. Star-Lord? Yeah, Star-Lord. So they go to Earth to kidnap and bring Kevin Bacon... Oh, okay. I saw Star a trailer Lord for, for Christmas. That. Okay, so that's what that is. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. Okay, all it's right. Fucking good. Um, anything else, or you want to get right into talking about thirteen? Yeah, let's let's jump into it. Okay, let's take a listen to the trailer, and we'll talk about it. Closest the holy book of lies, she covers her eyes. Tracy! Gotta talk about it when I get back, okay? Cute shirt. Call me after school. We can go shopping. One, two, three, go. <laughs> Well, you could really help me if I lived here. Hey, boys. Have you had anything to eat today? Mom, stop with the food thing already! She's starting to scare me. You can even get more piercings. What's that on your shirt? A new business. Well, his clothes should not be here. You promised Mason and you promised me. Nice butt. So, Brady, how was the halfway house? The same as the last one, Trish. How do you explain $860 in your purse? We jacked it, okay? Tracy was playing Barbies before she met Evie. I'm really starting to lose it. No bra, no pants. Stop it. She needs help, Dad. What is the problem? In a nutshell. What? You and your brother more than anything in the world. Oh, mom, you knew what was going on with all those clothes. I didn't know I went that far. I didn't have a mother when I was your age either. I know how hard it is. 
This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. Welcome to prime time, bitch. 13-year-old Tracy Freeland begins her school year as a smart and mild-mannered honored student at a middle school in Los Angeles. Her divorced mother, Melanie, is a recovering alcoholic who struggles to support Tracy and her older brother, Mason, by working as a hairdresser. Tracy feels ignored by her mother, who is too busy with her fellow ex-addict boyfriend, Brady, to address Tracy's increasing troubles. On the first day of the seventh grade, Tracy encounters Evie Zamora, the most popular girl in Tracy's class. After being teased by Evie's crew for her cabbage patch clothes, Tracy is mortified and decides to shed her little girl image. At a store owned by Melanie's friend, Tracy happily finds trendier clothes as Melanie offers a few dollars in, in exchange as payment. The following day, Tracy wears one of her new outfits at school. At lunch, she sits near and observes Evie. Eventually, seeing Evie leave for the bathroom and follows her. Evie, seemingly realizing Tracy is following her, compliments Tracy's new outfit. Tracy, in turn, compliments Evie. After a quick once-over, Evie invites Tracy to go shopping on Melrose Avenue in Hollywood, writing her phone number down on an address pad Tracy provides. Excited and hopeful, Tracy calls the number after school, but after two attempts, realized that Evie had given her fake phone number to prank her. Nevertheless, Tracy, determined shows up at the Melrose Avenue and meets up with Evie and her friend Astrid. Evie and Astrid seem surprised and amused that Tracy showed up, laughing at her as, as soon as she arrives. Tracy witnesses the two shoplifting and excuses herself from the store. She sits outside on a bench and moments later a distracted woman sits next to her. The woman's purse falls open revealing her wallet, Tracy, which Tracy takes. She finds Evie and Astrid, and elated, the three go on a shopping spree with the stolen money. After Tracy returns home and realizes that Melanie has invited Brady over for dinner that night, a flashback shows Brady violently withdrawing from drugs, a scene that traumatized Tracy. Tracy and Evie become inseparable. Evie introduces Tracy to her world of sex, drugs, and crime, much to Tracy's delight. Evie tells Melanie that Brooke, her adult cousin and guardian is out of town for two weeks, and Mel agrees to let her stay at her house with Tracy. While staying there, Evie discovers that Tracy regularly cuts herself to cope with stress. Although Melanie is concerned about the change in Tracy's behavior and worries about the extent of Evie's influence, she cannot find a way to intervene. Melanie attempts to send Evie home, but reluctantly lets her stay after Evie claims her guardian's boyfriend is physically abusive. As Tracy and Evie become closer, Tracy shuts Melanie further out of her life. Evie and Tracy get increasingly out of control, each egging the other on. The pair attempt to seduce Tracy's neighbor Luke, a lifeguard in his early 20s, and ditch a family movie night to get high on the streets of Hollywood. Mason is shocked when he bumps into Tracy wearing sexualized clothing, including thong underwear, but Tracy dis dismisses his concerns. Later on, the girls take turn inhaling from a can of dust, dust off for electronics and become so intoxicated that they start hitting and punching each other. Melanie attempts to break the girls' friendship by sending Tracy to live with her father. 
a preoccupied businessman, but she refuses. After Evie stays, extends over two weeks, Melanie's unsuccessfully attempts to contact Brooke and then leave visits Brooke's home with Evie and Tracy. There they find Brooke was hiding because of a botched plastic surgery. Evie asks Melanie to formally adopt her, but Melanie refuses. Tracy meekly supports her mother's decision. Angry and hurt, a tearful Evie storms off. Later at school, Evie turns her friends against Tracy, and Tracy slowly begins to realize the negative effects of her lifestyle when she is told that she will have to repeat the seventh grade. While walking home from school, Brady offers Tracy a ride and takes her home where Melanie, Evie, and Brooke are sitting quietly in the living room waiting for her. Brooke confronts Tracy about her drug use and stealing, having been convinced that Tracy was the bad influence on Evie. Outraged, Tracy insists that Evie was the instigator, but the skeptical Brooke refuses to listen Melanie and announces that she is moving Evie to Ohio. Then Brooke pulls Tracy's sleeve up to show Melanie Tracy's self-harm scars. After a screaming match, Brooke and Evie leave. Tracy weeps in Melanie's arm and attempts to fight against her mother's embrace. She tearfully pleads with Melanie to let go, but Melanie persists, and the two fall asleep together on Tracy's bed. The last scene shows a dream sequence of Tracy spinning alone and screaming on a park merry-go-round during the daytime as credits roll. So, Roxy, for the first this being the first time you've seen this movie, what do you think of it? Um, I really enjoyed it. I saw like. A lot of movies combined into oh, it. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And the one thing that I really liked about it was that their hair, their hairstyles were always different. Yeah. And so, like, it expressed them very well. <coughs> and um, their outfits, too. Mm-hmm. I really liked their the outfits, too. Yeah. Yeah, what I... From the very first time I saw this movie, like uh, last week, I see I see a lot of kids influence in this movie. Um, I love love the fact that not a single shot, the camera's not moving. Yeah, it's always that shaky cam uneasiness, and, and it's I think, constantly in motion. Compared yeah. to kids, kids is way more still filmed in a way. You know what I mean? Just post it yeah. up and just yeah. like let it pan or whatever, yeah. or just very slow movement. This one is definitely way this more. This one was definitely frantic. shot to make you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, not uncomfortable, but it just was not ride. balanced. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like how the story is told. Yeah. you know what I mean. Again, like if you were there, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the thing about like how we were saying like it was like kids. And, like, kids was only, like, a day, right? Like, mm-hmm. it was only a day long. This was, like, multiple days and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was always changing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. See, what I, yeah, I, I like that. And you kind of mm-hmm. commented on it. And I'm glad you picked up on it. I love how the look of the movie changes. At the very beginning of the movie when she's well-adjusted. Mm-hmm. She's the movie's bright. very warm, mm-hmm. orangish. And as she goes further down her downward spiral, the film starts to cool, starts yeah. getting more blue. At the end, I it. feel like the whole last like once part you of get to that blue. very last sequence, mm-hmm. oh yeah, they go full on yeah. blue hue. And but I like that because yeah. 
set the mood. It's a the tone. shift yeah. of, with the character. Uh, now the actress that played Evie, Nikki Reed, it amazes me that she co-wrote the script. Yeah, it, it, that's really telling because what I always praised about this movie is it's one of the most honest. It felt real, man. Uncomfortably honest, but it's very honest of how it is in school nowadays. And this was back in 2003. um, Because I remember showing my mom this movie, and my mom, when it was over, she was just like, she had that kind of like that look Concerned. on that you had um, that you said with the girl next door. Like that really ruined my day. Oh yeah. My mom was like, "Why the hell would you have me watch this?" <laughs> right. I'm like, she's like, "You hate that me? shit." Really doesn't happen. I'm like, "Yes, that's exactly how it is right now." I'm like, really? why do you think Travis and his friends are the way they are? So she was in denial about it. Oh yeah, she had no idea how easy it was for that. 13-year-olds are doing hard She's, fucking drugs. She thought it was like a dramatization. <clears throat> I'm like, no, this is real-life shit. I'm like, she, a 12-year-old helped write the script. I'm like, yeah. she didn't just pull this shit out of her ass. Yeah, life experiences. Now, the, uh, the other co-writer and director, I haven't seen a lot of movies she's done. Like the biggest one outside this, she directed the first fucking Twilight movie. Mm. Uh, so no accounting for but directing on over writing is different, though, right? I mean, yeah, you said yeah, she yeah. co-wrote this one, but directed that. Yeah, um, and that's the reason why Nikki Reed plays fucking Rosalie in mm. fucking Twilight. That's how oh, she got that I, role. I was like, this bitch looks familiar as hell. I kind of put my finger yeah. on it. Okay. So like Nikki Nikki Reed's a phenomenal actress, and so is Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah, like. This is definitely one of the first movies I saw her in. Um, her character was fucking haunting, dude. Oh, just, yeah. Just watching her eyes slowly just get more demented and darker. Yeah, and there's no life in this. them by then. Oh, my God. There was, I, I'm not going to lie, I got chills like two or three times when she was like staring like a couple times just at the camera, like where they was just like close up on her yeah. or even in the mirror. Like I've had. It sucked ass because like I've had that same look in the mirror where you're kind of looking at yourself and you're just like, you know, this isn't who you really are. And you're just like having like a self-reflection moment. You're just like, dude, I'm I'm fucked up right now. I got to I got yeah. I to gotta do something about this. And it sucks ass like this. This movie, I hadn't seen it in a long, long time. But now that I'm older and like things are different now, this movie kind of fucked me up a little bit more than I was kind oh, of yeah, expecting like, it to. And shit, <clears throat> a little more than I expected. Like to a point, it's even a little... I think it's actually harder to watch than kids. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, hands down. Uh, for me, because, like, uh, it's different for everybody, but, you know. I'm, oh, yeah. I got a child and shit, you know, and just, yeah. like, seeing, you know what I mean, just how. And you know what, though? I'll be honest. Like, this portrayal, I feel, has to be, like, somewhat relevant in almost, like, every generation, right? Like, yeah. it, but but seeing it current, you know what I mean? And, and I actually, uh, I was sad that she didn't win, but Holly Hunter, the mom, she was actually nominated for an Oscar oh, for tight. this movie. Okay. Best Supporting Actress. Um, she did an amazing fucking job. And even Jeremy Sisto did a good job as the boyfriend. The whole cast did quite well. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't see, really see anybody who was the, the weakest actor in it. Um, yeah, and like this was a straight up, like it's Fox Searchlight. 
So that was back then Fox's independent movie branch. Okay. So like, I think this movie had a $1.5 million budget. Uh, hmm. Well, they were all really no name actors and actresses at the time. Right. So for, the budget for them, except for like the mom and the boyfriend, they were yeah. well established. All filmed on location. I imagine mm-hmm. in a fucking house in LA. Yeah. Right. I mean, in LA. So and to be able, like to shoot on the streets of LA and like on Hollywood Boulevard at night, shutting shit down. Like, yeah, but, but that's Hollywood. A lot of shit. Um, but that's what Hollywood is, right? I imagine that's just part of everyday life, right? That's just, mm -hmm. oh yeah. Um, the part that like, every time I watch this makes me really fucking uncomfortable because I know how old the actresses were when they shot this movie. Mm -hmm. The scene with the neighbor. Yeah. That is still makes me uncomfortable. I was was like, this dude is just going to sit there and let this happen. Cause again, I hadn't seen it forever. So I I don't remember any of it. I didn't even know that um, they were in seventh grade until I can't think of the scene. Oh, when she's like, you're going to have to repeat seventh grade. Yeah, yeah, at school. Yeah. Yeah, that's when I was like, ooh, she's doing all this in seventh grade. Yeah, and that's why I just kept thinking to myself, because movie's called 13, right? So you're figuring it's like right around that. Oh, yeah, Yeah. huh? Mm -hmm. I guess I didn't put that together, (laughs) huh? Yeah. yeah, that's my little slow brain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I call it pumping yeah. the brakes. Uh, <laughs> but, like, think about that now. So now that you realize that she was 13 years old and she was doing all this shit as a 13-year-old, like, think about that. Like, that's what just kept blowing my mind. I was like, holy fuck, there's no way. Um, but again, L.A., I don't know, the lifestyle and, like, all that culture and all that shit I could see being a very huge influence on how those kids are. And it's crazy how influencing kids really are you know like Mm -hmm. you are who you hang out with right so and she was such a bad influence on her like yeah yeah. it was like mean girls but like hello like mean girls on drugs pretty much (laughs) yeah literally Literally. Mm -hmm. yeah is this pg-13 no this is our okay i was gonna say they just say fuck a lot there's like sexual stuff yeah and you see full-on bush (laughs) Uh, oh yeah that's right Well, I guess I can't say that they showed I mean, Bush was, and Nell, was... and that was PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, like, I love this movie with a passion. Okay, so I have to ask the poem. Okay, in the beginning, to me, that sounded like she was saying that the mom's boyfriend had snuck in to her room and like had like assaulted her or something. That's what I got from it. it was like kind of, kind of. You know, I what can mean? see that, and that's what, and that to me is what fueled her like hate for him because it was very pure. Like, and but she, she never said anything to anybody about it, but it just because she hates, she didn't want to be around him at all. Like, you know what I mean? It or was just so- that coke. Like, it looked like he was like smoking out a can, right? Yeah, it was that probably crack. Mm-hmm. Crack and, cocaine, and then like. Something happened and he fell to the floor and the mom ran to him and stuff like that. Do you not remember that? Yeah, I remember that oh, part. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. You think okay. it was about that? Maybe, yeah. Okay. I don't know. There was like a few times where I was like kind of hesitant that he was going to go and do something to the kids. But maybe it, it had already happened in the past and that's what that poem was about in the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't know if we'll ever get an answer he, to that. He had a vibe, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, there yeah. was tones, undertones about it. Um. Yeah, 
it, like that dude, Jeremy Sisto is amazing in every single thing I've seen him in. Yeah. Like, I'm not a fan of Clueless, but I guess he was decent in the movie. <laughs> I, Mighty Mighty Bostones are in fucking Clueless, there dude. You go. Yeah. yeah. Shout out. I love Clueless. I really do. <laughs> Seth Green's yeah. in it. You love Seth Green. No. Yeah, like, he's not in that. Did I fuck that up? Which one was I thinking? You're thinking Can't Hardly, hardly wait. wait. Boom. Yeah. That's a good movie. I love Can't uh, Hardly Wait. and Meyer, though, is in Breck that. And Breck and Meyer is like best friends with Seth Green. So my yeah. brain, brain went that way. Science. Okay. <laughs> Pumping the brakes. Um, what did you guys think about the soundtrack? I love it. I dig it. It's very indie sounding. Um could have done a without all the fucking beatboxing. That's a I I hate that shit. Oh, I've always enjoyed beatboxing. Sorry, uh, so I I'm like not beatboxing. A fan. Yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I do it myself sometimes <laughs> in the shower. <coughs> yeah. Um, it fit the tone right of like the scene and the progression. Yeah, and, like, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Like as she slowly destroys. I liked the like when they were in Hollywood. Boulevard, and they were going in all the shops, and how like the colors kept changing. Yeah, and I like how fucking chaotic the editing is in that. Yeah, they're all over the place. Mm And I thought that that night that they took acid, right? Like when they went in the fields, I thought that they were on acid. Like I thought that the brother was like, it was tinfoil, right? Don't you usually put tinfoil and acid? Yeah, acid and tinfoil. Yeah, you can protect it. Yeah. From the, Sorry, the lights. Yeah, the fucking oils on your fingers and shit, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the the colors and the chaos, it really flowed oh, yeah, with like yeah, it yeah. set the tone. And even even at the end, when like they're going to like the the, the intense fight, like climax, mm-hmm. and the camera kind of shifts to the left. Kind of shift to the right. Oh no, that's I'm sorry, that's when her and the uh, brother are fighting with the hockey stick. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it shifts. That was yeah. When they got home after the brothers saw her, and then they got home, and then he was like, "Mom, I need to talk to you." Right, yeah. but that's what the hell happened. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I made it more dramatic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The character, the dad character, is a character I think they didn't need to have in this movie. It was just a useless character. Yeah. Having him be a non-presence would have been a better way to do it than have him show up for one scene and say, I can't do anything. Unless unless they were, it was like a very weak attempt at even portraying the fact that the father even was nothing to, I mean, he did fucking say I'm with a client right now instead of being like, I'm with my daughter or like, you know, I just, I can't talk right now. I mean, he really was portrayed as like a, you know, a super douche. I agree that they didn't, but I could see why they did to kind of even from a visual representation, even show in fucking person that he is a worthless piece of shit. Right. Yeah. Maybe. And not yeah. in defense of the dad. The one thing I do agree with what he says is he's asking exactly. Tell me exactly what's going on. How come nobody will tell him what? Because no one has respect for him enough. He, Right, I guess. Yeah, like you're not here. What does it matter? You're not gonna fix it. Get fucked. Yeah. You, you got to go to work. Yeah, but, but she's it, asking him to take her, but she won't say why. Let him know what the issues are that are going on. Mm-hmm. But when he's like asking what the problem is, and the boyfriend walks past, it's kind of like that's the problem. Yeah, there's your red flag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but at, at that point. 
yes, Brady is the good cat- point. By the way, that was a great fucking point. Brady is the catalyst <laughs> to a lot of this shit. But the real problem is Evie. She has so much influence over Tracy. But you know what though, Evie was never cunty, right? And what was the name of the main character, Brooke? No, Tracy. Tracy, sorry, I'm I, I'm awful with names. I'll be straight up about that. Tracy is just a super cunt to her mom the whole time, right? And I can see oh, yeah. like they get that way, but like I do kind of wish that Evie had been like, you gotta be such a huge fucking bitch to your mom all the goddamn time. But that was just her own, right? So she was her own evil in itself. Yeah. Did Evie feel that like the toxicity? Yes, but I don't think she fueled the shittiness towards her mom. Or do you think? Well, I mean, she, she was also manipulating the mom, Evie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whenever Evie was like hugging the mom, and then Tracy walked in, it was like a jealousy thing, kind of like, oh, you're gonna listen to her, but you won't listen to me. Yeah. Because oh. for a minute, it was she- like, it was like, um her chasing the mom and then the mom chasing her by the end mm-hmm. yeah right so so eb helped influence a, a hate for the mother based off of jealousy yeah okay so like even like the sequence where tracy doesn't kiss the mom goodnight and evie goes plants one red on her lips yeah that, i love that you mel strange. um that she, was manipulation yeah right? yeah she mm-hmm. like she is an evil fucking bitch <laughs> Well, yeah, clearly, because then at the very end, when she got caught with everything, mm. she snitched and then well, she even it all fucking around. like planted shit in Tracy's room, yeah, just to fucked. do this, yeah, like so that means she had planted that when she was still staying there long before she realized that she wasn't being asked to live with them permanently. So that was all premeditated. Mm-hmm. So that tells you exactly what type of person Evie was. Yeah. I I did pick up throughout her entire performance very subtle, untrustable undertones. Mm-hmm. Right? Her acting was so good that like you could tell that she was like trying to be dramatic in some of the parts. Or and that's what I was like, this is this is either really good acting or it's really bad acting. Cause I could tell, I was like, this isn't, I didn't feel genuine to her. Like when she went and cried outside mm-hmm. by the fridge or whatever, I feel like she was putting on a performance for, oh, for, Tracy. for Tracy to like, you know, take it back oh, yeah, or whatever the case totally may be. Like fake right, right, right. And I'm just like, she kept looking back where I like, oh, look at me, I'm crying. Where I look mm-hmm. at me, I'm crying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, badass <sighs> acting. All of it was great. But like I said, and especially cause this was Nikki Reed's first acting job like the first thing she ever did right um and i mean if writers do have the tendency and you've said this before if writers do have the tendency to put some of their own self yeah. experiences in it it would be easy to act that in a way you know but that what i give i have to give her mad credit is this subject matter is hard for seasoned actors to give a this kind of a performance and for someone who had never acted before yeah to give the performance mm-hmm. that she gives is, is amazing like i don't think any of her like other acting gigs i've seen her in are nearly as compelling as what she was in this movie yeah and i am a little biased because like i said since day one that this movie came out i was a huge proponent of it because i knew the story behind it and 
I do think it's a message that has that needs to be out there because parents can think that this shit isn't happening. Their kids aren't going to do this at this young age. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. That's the age range where shit starts now. Do you see drugs and shit in junior high? Smoke. I mean, like, I guess, like, right, because, like, junior high, I saw, that's when I got introduced to a lot of stuff. Like, I saw a lot of stuff, I guess. Like, at school? Yeah, at school, uh, this kid, we caught him drinking and stuff like that, and he got hammered. Yeah. And, like, we're just sitting in science class, and we're like, oh, <laughs> that makes us kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> Because, like, when we left, when we, like, the bell rung, he, like, face-planted. He was drinking chemicals. He, he was, was in science fireball. class. Nice. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, fire so, extinguisher. <laughs> fire repellent. That. And then, like, some, like, weed pens. Um, a lot of vapes. That's yeah. when I, like, because jewels were kind of popping at that time. Yeah. When I was in junior yeah. high, so... A lot of kids were able to get their hands on those and just like parties mm-hmm. parties were happening a lot with the populars there was always parties going on kids uh taking acid and shit or molly? No, i didn't see acid and molly until freshman year oh, okay yeah i didn't i might have known what acid was though in yeah eighth grade yeah I mean, they don't, and like you, you've said before, they don't really have any kind of drug education programs in any of these, like, like, no, my, like my school right now only has suicide prevention. Mm -hmm. That's it. Oh, wow. No drug. Self-medicate to don't, so you don't commit suicide. (laughs) God, it's so stupid. Cause like my school's had a few ODs while I've been there. So it's just like. We need to do something so then we can prevent this from happening right. and we need to educate these kids on all these drugs mm-hmm. because like it's all of my district so it's just bad. Mm. Yeah, you see kids fucking throw up and shit or like look fucked up in class all the time, don't uh, you? Yeah, like my freshman year it was so it got to the point like so many kids were like throwing up and stuff that if you told who it was, then you got to stay, and that person left. If you didn't stay, then you left. Yeah. Okay. So it was just basically like, it was bad. And like, now at my school, there's so much like security because of how much drugs are happening in the bathroom oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Like, it's bad. Mm-hmm. So. It's very apparent today, right? I mean, even though she's in high school or whatever, but I mean, still, it's it starts there and yeah. it leads here. I mean, this accelerated very quickly, obviously. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, again, like Roxy was saying, it is who you are, who you hang out with. She was mm-hmm. super exposed to all that shit. Oh, hell and yeah. especially in Hollywood, bro. But when I think about it, is I don't know if you know the show Euphoria. Mm-hmm. Okay. That show dramatizes drugs so much and stuff. And like so many of like my peers have, they like, like it, right? They're like, oh, okay, I want to, I want to do drugs because of this, like, right? It glamorizes it Yeah, and shit. so it's like, I feel like something's kind of <laughs> like, bothering me too. <laughs> something's kind of like, I feel like something like this. Oh, I want to be cool like oh, that yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, it's my peers. They really... 
they really take the drugs as something cool. Well, even to a point, I think like Breaking Bad uh, glamorized a lot of shit. And not in a good way. Um, Do you think the shakiness, like I said, I think it was good aesthetic for the movie. Do you think it was a little over the top at point, yeah, points? Yeah, and that was the comparison that I f- feel like the very first comparison I made was comparing it to kids, right? And how much I loved the f- the just the amazingness of the how kids was filmed. And I know that's obviously, this isn't fucking kids, but if we were paralleling it, that's the the biggest difference that I took from it was um, the shakiness was a little too much. Some of it was good timing, like I said, with the dramatization of it shaking mm-hmm. and kind of made it more theatrical, kind of like it's fucking, you know. But um, for the most part, it, it did make it a little too, it took away some of it. It was a little overused. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could have been a little more tasteful with it, I guess, is the best yeah. way to put it. It's like once it starts like move so much, you do kind of get a little motion sickness mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, like <clears throat> it's kind of like David Fincher when he uh, does chase scenes in like uh, Seven. Okay, it's very hard to watch because cameras moving so fucking much. Yeah, uh, you're like, come on, dude. <clears throat> but I think they used it. A little over the top in this one, but for the most part, I think the camera itself is a good character mm-hmm. as well. Um, what do you think of the character of Brooke? That's the mom, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The cousin. Oh. Hmm. Guardian of Evie. The actor. Yeah, slash bartender, slash mm-hmm. da, 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 whatever. Um, I didn't... She she got manipulated and and you know what she is already kind of shallow herself. Oh fuck yeah! Alrighty, so like, yeah. my bad. Um, and it just kind of helped portray how why Evie is shitty and two faced and whatnot too. Because I feel like she's probably just involved in that culture. She's had nowhere to go. She clearly despises Brooke and is easily manipulating her. And um, you know, it she helped. She was she she played her character well. Yeah, mm-hmm. for being whatever it was. Yeah, that that actress. I've seen her in quite a few different things, and her performances are always the same. Mm. Like she's very one note. Yeah, performances flat. Yep. Okay. Very fucking flat. Okay. She looks. If that's her real face, I mean, it portrays a flat. You know, kind of <laughs> character. Well, she virus. has no emotion in her voice, she, and because she, she can't fucking physically do emotion with her face looking like that, man. It's she can't. Uh, did no you more see the ending. Michael Keaton movie White uh, White Noise? Uh, White Noise. Uh, it's a horror film um, where he like speaks to the dead through like fucking two-way radios and shit or uh, static TVs. Yeah, um, and he can record them. <sighs> I I remember seeing it, but I think I was hammered, <laughs> so I don't remember all of it. Yeah, I know she was in that one. Uh, she was in David Cronenberg's Crash. Now oh, there, you want to see a fucked up movie? We'll watch that one. Did Did I show you Crash? No, I've never seen Crash. I've seen Crash everywhere though. I've never seen it. Yeah, which Crash are you thinking of? Uh, the one with like the five or six different stories that come together. This one's different. Okay. And I know that there's another one. Yeah. Okay. This one was from the late 90s. NC-17. 
It's literally the tagline is sex and car crashes. Oh. It, it's a – oddly enough, the mom from this movie is actually in that movie as well, Holly Hunter. Yeah, that's a good one to take the you know the lady to on a date <laughs> night. Want to go to the drive-in? Right? That's a perfect one. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm. This film is foreshadowing. <coughs> <laughs> You're like, no, don't, don't say such. <laughs> is there any performance in this movie that you would removed, changed, or done anything different with? I mean, I guess uh, that- besides Brooke. Okay, there you go. I was going to say, is this a segue? Was that your segue of being like, I thought that she was the shittiest, so who else should we think that maybe could have been different? Um, the I don't know what I thought about the therapist. I was about to <laughs> say, I yeah, she was kind of like pushy, and then how like she was like, I could be selling houses right now, so it's like, you're a realtor and a therapist right now. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's like I thought if you're a therapist, you make some kind of like oath to like, okay, I got to help people. But I mean, she's just keeping it real. She's like, look, you guys are clearly don't give a fuck about me. I just like how the mom just started burning her head with the hot water yeah, when yeah, she was yeah, taking yeah. the bleach out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because she was mad. Yeah, taking out some revenge. It kind of reminded me of an episode of Malcolm in the Middle. Dewey rips his shirt while Reese is getting his hair cut and. Lois is like, okay, let's get this over with. And Reese is like, count to 10, mom, count to 10. <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. love Malcolm. Uh, I'm trying to think. The actor that plays Mason. The brother? Yeah. I don't think I've seen him in anything else besides this movie. Now that I think about it. I can't think of anything on the top of my head. And his performance wasn't wasn't bad. I mean, no, it was he wasn't in it a lot, but I don't know. Um, I kind of felt, I mean, he was, his input on what was happening to his sister was kind of, there wasn't too much, right? He, he wanted to get her help, though. He did, genuinely, because that's his sister. Um, but again, seeing how... This okay, maybe the, what I'm trying to say is they portrayed it where he didn't have to use words in regards to how his sister has changed okay. and how it's affecting everybody around him. It's very subtle his input. Yeah, you know she needs help, right or whatever. You know what I mean? Just, hey mom, we need to talk. And you know, but other than that, there's not too much. And like he does kind of, I guess, bicker with her a little bit. But then they just it just explodes, and then they have that battle at the end. Yeah, I mean, because like, how would you, you know? Put yourself in the shoes, right? I mean, if you oh, were the sibling and you're yeah, watching yeah. your sister just turn into this monster, this antichrist, oh. you know? I saw what my my brother was doing to himself. Yeah. Called the cops on that fool multiple fucking times. The one time he asked me for fucking help, I was like, okay, where are you? I'll come pick you up. Yeah. He's like, gave me the... He was at a Walmart out near East Mesa. Literally called the cops, told him where he was at. He had a warrant out for his arrest, and that's what put his ass in prison and got his ass fucking clean and sober. Yeah, you know, sometimes it was called tough love. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to do these things. Yeah. That's how you learn. I mean, it sounds fucked, but I mean, tough love helped me. You know, I kind of had to, was like, hey, come get me out of jail. No, you got to stay there. All right, tight. And I just kind of yeah. fucking dealt with it. And just that's how that worked. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle. 
So what, for both of you, what part of the movie was like the most impacting to you? Um, I'm going to have Roxy go first. Yeah. At any time, did you like picture like your own little sister, like kind of <sighs> being crazy like that? Or like, did it kind of- I guess like whenever like the mom like saw the cuts oh. and was like Ooh. sitting there crying and just like kissing was- them. I was like, oh, this hurts. Like, I'm like, I was sitting there. And I was like, if like I had a daughter, I guess I could see me like sitting there and just just like her screaming and trying to get away. That's so sad. Like, yeah. I couldn't imagine that scene that. was fucking yeah. rough. Like, and that's definitely- actually the scene I was going to say that yeah. it, like hit me the hardest because <sighs> It's Holly Hunter that like the look on her face, yeah, <clears throat> the terror, the shock, the sadness, yeah, for not oh my Christ. not noticing yeah. that her daughter is going through this. Mm-hmm. She feels like she had that look, like oh my god, I failed my daughter. That's the only credit I'll give Evie is that she brought that to light. You that know what I mean. True. And that's, you know, and but she, she did it for malicious reasons. You know what, though? But like, there's more tough love, yes. right? You know I what agree. I mean? We're, I agree. Obviously, we're not friends anymore, and you're fucked up. You need help. And I'm going to get, I need help too, but I'm going to keep getting away with it. But I'm going to at least show, you know what I mean? And it, it was for the best. That whole, I can't even spell photography shit. Like, that was just like, damn. Like, you know what I mean? Because you could just see she's dead. She's just fucking dead. Yeah. Just a, a shadow of herself looking in that mirror. And just the lighting, just, oh, man. I'm just, I'm, I think it's, it's keeps fuck with me because I've been there. Yeah. Sorry. I've, I've fucking but been like, there. Like yeah. Even you pointed out that in the sequence, like when she says, like, I'm not leaving you right now. I, we will not leave you. Like, that, just that one simple sentence was so fucking powerful mm-hmm. because it had like, the meaning behind it. That she's had her eye, she's been blinded by the pain her daughter's going through. And she does not want to leave her alone because she doesn't know what the hell she might attempt to do to herself. Especially after yeah. all this traumatic events that just happened. And every time, and every time that she would cut herself, I felt like it was just like kind of like getting like deeper mm-hmm. and like more. So you were just like, oh, is this well, going like to leave? The last one, when she goes to the double edged razor, she did cut too deep. And that's why it was dripping all over the floor. Yeah. I just thought like one of the times it was just going to lead to death or something. And then like, like her that. mom was going to walk in and find yeah. her. Yeah. And unfortunately, that shit happens every fucking day. Yeah. It's real. It's a real oh, fucking yeah. thing. Um, I think what do you think the under the underlining message of this movie is? I think it's pretty fucking clear what it is, but that it's important to be like rich and popular. <laughs> Smart ass. What do you think, Roxy? You don't know what the what you'd say the underlining message of this movie was? I guess I don't know what that means. <laughs> the unspoken message of what the story is. So like outside the box, like more than just the story that was portrayed, like sometimes there's like a. In a way, like 
you need to look out for others and not to focus on yourself so much because I felt like the mom was very so self-absorbed and absorbed with everybody else. So, like, yeah. she didn't really check on her daughter like that. Like, oh, yeah, she's having these mood swings. I can't control them. In a way, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I can <laughs> see that. I can yeah. see that. Mm-hmm. Guess that's my point of view. Yeah. And I love the fact that that, you know, that's that's your point of view of it. Um, what do you think? I don't know, man. I, to me, it was like, it was like, this is... This is a very, all I took from it was this is a real thing, right? This is a message, right? Mm-hmm. The message is, is like, you can't be fucking blinded. You know, don't be naive. Like, don't think that. And, and I'm not also like, don't also, you know, think that all your kids are fucking pieces of shit, but it, it's important to kind of listen to them and, and yeah, take, take time. And, and because it's very, and in all honesty, like I can't, I can't say anything, right? <laughs> to a certain extent, I lived. That same all life. So not a fucking 13 years old, right? Obviously not. But, you know, years down the line. But just like, um, I don't, don't know. Just be afraid. Just be weary. I know, I guess. To That's kind of what I took talk from to it. your kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, don't be afraid to open I up to your parents. If you're having th- depression and shit, don't bottle it up. Don't yeah. keep it hidden. Communication is key. Because... Obviously, when she was that honor student, cutting herself wasn't a new thing. So even she was already doing that even before Evie came into the picture. So I think that's the biggest undertone is seek help if you need help. Well, that too. But to be honest, it was quite clear how much Tracy fucking hated the boyfriend oh yeah and the mother did kind of blindly fucking ignore like just clearly just ignore that very uh (coughs) apparent energy of how negative she hated you know she hated that fucking guy and she kind of ignored that and honestly like i could see where some resentment would have built up from tracy from you know that too i agree with you um you know so it's I feel like we're trying to be like, you know, it's important to talk to your kids and shit, but it's like, you know what? You're also kind of ignoring your kids as well. And if you ignore your kids, they're going to do this kind of they're shit. They're going to act out. Right. Because mm-hmm. yeah. they they did have, like, once he was out of the picture, they just seemed like they were kind of pretty buddy-buddy and whatever, and things were happy. Um, but, it, you know, just, but you know how hard it is? And I feel like even growing up, my parents were cool as fuck, but I didn't realize how cool they were until I got older. Uh-huh. Cause like I could have legitimately told them anything, you know, and they would have been cool with it. But like at that age, it's like, no, I can't. I can't tell you this shit. There's no fucking way. But now I know that because they were young, they would have been like, no, that's fucking right. crazy that <laughs> happened. But you're in trouble. Like, or, you know, just whatever. Some fucked up. And, you know, and I think it's hard sometimes. And people don't. Oh, absolutely. It's way easier said than done. And I've been oh. pretty lucky that I've been able to fucking pretty, be pretty damn open. I've talked to Roxy like an adult since I could, since she existed. Like, oh. I never, I, I try not to like candy coat too much and just be super real with yeah. her. And I think it's, it's helped it, kind of it make It doesn't her. benefit the child to sugarcoat shit. No, man. And I, I mean, I'm not like a, to- I'm not a monster, right? Like, I, I was, <laughs> you know what I mean? In the sense of like, I, there was definitely, you know, censoring and shit that were needed to be. But I mean, for the most part, like if there was real questions, there was real answers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there was always an open. I, uh, took a test and find out on my personality and I said I uh 
I'm more of a logical thinker than I am an emotional thinker. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it helps. Yeah. <laughs> Did it, it give you like crazy. a little readout or anything? Yeah. I like it gave me like, I had like four things to section you out in and I was going to take a picture, but we can't have our phones in that class. Oh, uh, damn. So. You should ask for a printout of it. I'd be down to see. It. I don't know where my information is. I'll have to retake it or something. Yeah. It was like, a stupid one <laughs> like there's better ones but yeah. yeah but it was fun to kind of see that yeah logic logic helps <laughs> it prevails for the most part um that's what i was gonna touch on uh when evie comes out the back room with javi it, <laughs> We all know what happened back there. Yeah, I mean, uh, but, well, yeah, and her wiping her mouth or her hand on the tapestry. Yeah, yeah that's clearly, and he's pretty his pants gnarly. Up and shit. Yeah, that's yeah. disgusting. Um, yeah, I don't like that whole sequence. Like that, the dude that was walking her to find Evie. Yeah, that dude was creepy as fuck. Yeah, he was. Oh, he wasn't her. The drink that she was drinking yeah. and stuff. That kind of like was like. That's putting yourself, like, kind of putting yourself in a dangerous situation oh, and, like, mm. kind of, like, it uh, taking advantage of, mm. so. Like, how many times he fucking whispers in her ear, do you want to suck my cock? Do you want to uh, suck my yeah. cock? Yeah. It's just, like, no and matter she's she so it. young. They're so young, and they're mm. with all these, like, very grown men, but that's that's how it is when I was in junior high. I didn't know a few girls that talked to older men. It was, Whoa, yeah. Man. Hey, it's don't real. tell somebody yeah. this, but yeah. Fucking shit. This is still very real. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, like a lot of the sequences just made me feel creepy because Nikki Cox or Nikki, Nikki Reed was 13 when they shot this. Evan Rachel Wood, she was, I believe, 15 turned 16 during a shooting. So she was a little bit older, but still not an adult. And like I said, some of the stuff that they do in this movie just made gives you the like makes you feel dirty. Yeah, <laughs> I fidgeted quite a bit in this. Um, I did see the first cut, the first cut scene. I saw B. It made him uncomfortable. B, I felt kind of bad because I was like, doesn't I like yeah, I wasn't that. sure what his uh, you know, tolerance oh, was on some of the stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, it's hard for people like to see because. His like his perspective, like his perspective on cutting and stuff like that, is just a total different perspective than like mm -hmm. mine and stuff like that. So it's just like he's just like I wanted to be like cover your eyes because I knew <laughs> I just knew that it was gonna, gonna cut happen. to her yeah. cutting because I know I saw him kind of like look at me and I was like it's all good yeah, like yeah because they kind of lead up to a Canada State's hand and, and it's then they show crazy more. we watch almost all the Saw movies right. we watched almost all of them together <laughs> so but yeah he's just like, like the cutting mm. the cutting sequence like it doesn't bother me to see it yeah like the stuff that gets me you mentioned like the Saw franchise I remember seeing Hostel in theaters yeah I saw the Hostel. scene where he cuts the hill mm both heels of the guy and he stands up to move and you see it separate yeah 
that hurt like a son of a physically felt the pain yeah. in the theater watching that. And they did a good job portraying yeah. what that would look like. You could feel it when you see it. You're like, oh, and the fuck. sound effect yeah. that went with it. It was brutal. Yeah. Yeah. See, like when 13 Reasons Why came out and Hannah Baker's scene was still in the show, mm-hmm. I was in like seventh or eighth grade watching that. And that was like the first scene that I ever saw. Like, cause they do, they show her slip both wrists from like right at like right here to right here like, like down the whole forearm and both arms yeah, and then like you just see her just like bleed yeah. out they cut that scene out though they that did. scene is not in there anymore yeah wow, probably too graphic for fucking people to see suicide rates went up after that no show fucking came way out that, yeah. after that show came oh, out dude and especially since they showed the that. proper way of doing yeah, it. down the road, not across the street. She went and stole razors from her parents' convenience store and then went home, filled up the bathtub, and then slipped. Just like in um, Rules of Attraction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. college dorms. Damn. That one's more No, yeah, dude, but think about that. Yeah. That That's after this show, which is very popular and aimed towards a very young generation of kids, and kids fucking monkey see, monkey did that shit. Yeah. Like... Holy fuck. Well, I also don't know the full story. Maybe a bunch of kids who also agreed with why her choice was that and made logic to them it's as c- to why she made the choice. She got sexually assaulted multiple times. So, yeah, I mean, I could see. That's Yeah, why. I mean, and maybe other people who that same traumatic experience is like, you know what? I was kind of thinking about it and this show kind of made me like, yeah, that makes the most sense. And every person that got a tape was a reason why. Um. Mm, oh, okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure okay yeah that was a long time ago but they still continued with it and then i'm pretty sure like i don't know it's just like then drug use came into and stuff like that but yeah they cut that scene out pretty quickly yeah it's crazy to be one to see it it makes sense you know some censorship right people can't see that they can't see because they don't film it for it to be taken off. They film it because they're trying to make a fucking point. They're making, there's a message behind it, right? Yeah. It's not just to do it, just to be an and asshole. see, I'm trying to look at Girl Interrupted. I don't know how Brittany Murphy killed herself in Girl Interrupted. Uh, I had it been in, the, I can't think. I haven't seen that one all the way through in a minute. That's oh, such a good, God yeah. Damn, it has been a minute since I've seen that. We own it too. I, I haven't fucking seen it. I've, and it's funny because I've seen it. I want to say, like, times. ironically, how she dies in that movie is pretty close to what happened in real life to her. Wasn't an OD? Mm-hmm. I think it was an OD. So you think that was like a foreshadow? Because, well, so basically it was because, like, she, her, and um, one of the girls got in an argument. And one of the girls was, like, saying how, like, her and her dad do stuff together and stuff oh, like fuck. that. And then like um one of the other girls the next morning there's a record player playing and she goes upstairs and she opens the door and it's Brittany Murphy just, just dead. All just OD'd out. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah. I completely forgot about that movie. I yeah. Uh, <laughs> you guys got me that movie? Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> They're good movies, man. I mean, even though I, I I saw it one time and I was like, "This is tight." Um, you got to share the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Now, would you recommend people see this movie? 
What would you rank at one to ten? You want me to go first? Yeah, if you want. Um, yeah. I mean, I I don't see any reason not to recommend it to people. I mean, it's it's got a lot of. I mean, as long as they're going to be cool with like very graphic and very real and accurate content based off of like a thirteen year old girl fucking going and partying her ass off and. Hollywood and being exposed to sex and drugs and bad influences. I mean, it's a very real thing. We all went through it ourselves in one form or another. I mean, I think it's a great portrayal, uh, portrayal, portrayal um, <laughs> of the fucking my mouth um, for five dollars. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I highly recommend it as long as people are cool with all of that shit. You know what I mean? Um, and Aside from the overuse of the shakiness in some of the bits, I mean, if I was going to rank it like within this kind of genre of this sad, somber undertone that we're going with right now. Um, yeah, I think it was easy, like like an eight or a nine. I'd put it in that rank, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> um, Actually, I asked Quinn if she's seen this, which is my best friend, and she's seen this movie before. Oh, word? Yeah, Which? I was like, no way. She's like, yeah, it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. I liked it. Um, I would definitely like again recommend this to like my age group. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe there's been like a grip of my peers that have seen this. Yeah, and this is my first time seeing it. Okay. Um, I would give it like a eight out of ten, just because yeah. like. Oh, no, I thought it was really good. Just the makeup and the hair and the clothes, because that's what gets me mm. is I love looking for the makeup and the hair and the clothes like that's just my very like that's what stands out to me the very most. And like all the films, well, that I mean, I it watch. also paints a very good portrayal of the transformation of her yes. character. You yes. know what I mean? It's yeah. very important, you know, the makeup and the wardrobe and shit, because that's because, OK, I get it, because that's how you guys or, you know, we all represent ourselves right this is me being an individual this is yeah. how i fucking be me yeah and i can see why that stands out to you the most because like right now in your generation that's super fucking important for you to yeah, well, have your like, voice and be your individual you know what i mean but for me with makeup like anytime i make up like even in saw like oh my god i don't know who the makeup artist was but they did such a great job and even like we go to Party Monster, right? They oh, were yeah. like kind of like a cheapy kind of movie, right? So it was like poor quality makeup, but it was still like I love it. Like yeah. I love I know. love makeup and I love hair and all that stuff. So it was very like yeah, I I look at this and <laughs> if it spooks my interest, then I'm going right. to look at Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah I definitely <clears throat> recommend this movie. Um. People need to know that they're going to see some things that are going to make them uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, it is rated R, right? Yep. And it, it doesn't pull the punches. It dives on issues that are serious fucking issues. Um, and I think they did it perfectly. Um, yep. I, I have to give it a nine. Um, I don't have it on DVD anymore. But if you ever track it down on DVD, if memory serves, give it a watch with the director and the audio commentary. I think I've come I'll by look at Zia's. Yeah, I want to say I've seen it as Zia's at least once. The audio commentary on this mm. is amazing. Yeah, bitchin'. Fucking amazing. That's the best part. You learn all that shit about the film. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
you got a lot of the, I think you have the director and the two girls oh. on the commentary. Um, but it's definitely worth a listen. Um, what do we decide we're doing next week? Is it Requiem? So we have been talking a lot about Gummo, though, too. We can um, do Gummo. So which one do you think you'd rather do, Gummo or Requiem? Because I'm going to be honest. Save the best for last, in a way. Yeah, you want to do Gummo? Or... I mean, are we going to do Requiem and Gummo? Or we are can. we just going to do... We can. Yeah, I mean, are you are you up to do both of them? Or? I'm down to do both of them. All right. Right on. Okay. <laughs> All right, so, so Requiem. Next week? Yeah, and then Gummo for it last, because there's so much to talk on Gummo. Right. Yeah, like. considering it was filmed in, like, what, 45 minutes or something? Uh, No, the cast was brought together in 45 minutes. Oh, okay. Like, that's how it was, yeah. I kept saying that it was filmed in 45 <laughs> minutes, but it was... They were able to film it so quickly, but the thing is, is um, they had to wait a few days for rain. Yeah, yeah. For the last scene. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then, another motherfucking uh, one. Requiem is a hard watch for me, if I'm being honest, because just oh, it, it's, the imagery in that shit I and like some Requiem, of it, it's, it fucks with my head. Uh, but I'm down, and I and I I, it, I, I do yeah. it for that reason, right? Because right. and again, it's been a while since I've seen it for that same reason. And I was going through a lot more hell in my life at that point when I saw it. So yeah. I think it it'll be a little bit of a different. For me, plus considering all the other shit we've already watched, I feel like I'm a little, I'm a little like my my bar is a little bit higher to be like fuck. That was Requiem is just kind of nightmarish in a way. Oh my god, I consider it a horror movie. It's got some horrific shit. Just the fridge, (laughs) the fridge, yeah, Yeah, the fridge really does spook you. (laughs) But the startup menu on DVD for Requiem is the like. The TV show yeah, that yeah, she yeah, watches yeah. is actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, to see that. Oh yeah, yeah, we own it. So <laughs> next week we'll be discussing Requiem for a Dream, another pleasant movie. <laughs> yeah, we're doing all the good ones. <laughs> Maybe in February we'll get some fun movies again. Um, <laughs> um, I'll thank you all for listening. Honestly, thank you so fucking much. Uh, take some time out of your day. You know, go watch a movie. Uh, talk to people about the movies that they've seen and shit and uh, yeah go watch the movies you you tiny little demons (laughs) thank you very much for tuning in Um, next week we're gonna be like it's been a hot minute since I watched Requiem but I'll never forget that movie so it should be an interesting conversation Um, so please tune back in next week when we review that and as always till next time kitties Thank you for listening to this, the Movie Pit Movie Review. We hope you have enjoyed your time. Come back to the Movie Pit Podcast each week for a new movie review podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the views of RMJ Media Incorporated. See you next week.